Chris Howell Communications. This is Principles for Success, the Chris Howell Podcast. Success is something we all want to attain in the various areas of our lives, but it can be challenging. So in this podcast, Chris aims to have conversations with those who have achieved a level of success and hopes that principles they share will help you to remove the roadblocks and move you to victory, whether it's relationships, business, or any other area of life. Are you ready for success? Here we go. All right, all right, all right. Thank you, Joy, for that introduction. Well, good evening, and welcome to the Principles for, Principles for Success podcast. It's the Chris Howell podcast. I am Chris Howell, and uh, Oscar Hawk. And Coco Riley. And we're all in the building. In the building. All, all right, time. good deal. You're right, on time. <laughs> Somebody here on their chitty chin chin, but in the building nonetheless, right? Yeah. All right. Good deal. Good deal. Appreciate everybody being here. It's good to see y'all today, man. Yeah, that's our second one out the gate, man. Yeah. Uh, man, uh, you know, last uh, what we do on two weeks ago, and uh, we lots of controversy about that. Uh, we talked about uh, jalapeno toast and uh, honey butter toast and all the rest of that. <laughs> toast I never even heard of. <laughs> I never looked at toast the same again. And believe me, we're really not talking about toast. Uh, we will enlighten you a little bit more about that here later on in the show. But we've got an excellent show lined up for you today. We've got a number of topics we're going to be unpacking. Uh, we're going to be talking about burning the bridges, burning the boat, not having a plan B, but focusing on your plan A. We're going to talk about that today. Uh, we're also going to be, uh, Coco's going to be unpacking some of the latest in news. And you've got some very yes, interesting. Interesting stories. I, I do. I you always sure. have the most unique stories. I try to. Yeah. I try to. I mean, give them a peek. I guess this is one of the ones you talked about. And I guess we don't want to unpack it right now, but just give us a sneak peek in terms of this 61-year-old. Well, yes. There's a 61-year-old and an 18-year-old yes, or something. I, I, yes. I'm definitely revealing the fact that it, there is a 61-year-old that, they, according to reports, married his 18-year-old goddaughter. And I'm not going to say too much, but I do want to know what's the double standard. Okay. What what is the double standard with marrying old, young, female, male? And I want to know from you guys what what is the double standard? Yeah, we'll unpack it and we'll see how we can maybe uh, get a principle for success out of that one. So we'll yes. we'll see. <laughs> Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Our Lord, he's already calling on the Lord. Yes, indeed. So, Hawk, of course, you've got uh, relationship talk. You want to talk about relationships, and uh, you've got this thing. Uh, something about uh, titles or something. Yeah, so um, last week we entered into a great conversation about titles and toasts. You have to watch uh, the show from last week or two weeks ago in order to understand what we're talking about. But we're going to reiterate and kind of get into it a little bit more so we can call this titles too. Okay, well, good deal. Well, as we get into this first segment, uh, we're off and running. Let's talk about uh, uh, burning the boat. And it, I will tell you in preparing for this show, it all started really thinking about, you know, not having a plan B. Uh, I'm of the belief. Now, I can't say I've always believed that way, I guess, in my latter years. And now, I guess, being an entrepreneur now over seven years, I probably have now started to think more along that line because I do understand that you've got to be responsible when you go into entrepreneurship, things of that nature. If you've got responsibilities, you can't just say, I don't have an exit strategy. I don't have a backup plan or I don't want to look toward failure. But I guess in my latter years, I've started thinking about you. I can't afford to really have a plan B. I have to really make sure I stay focused on plan A and maybe it's just my personality because if I feel if I have a plan A and a plan B, I'm having to give attention to both. And that mm. means I'm not giving a hundred percent to plan A to really ensure that it works. 
Mm. And then as I started thinking about it more, we started looking through some footage. We were cleaning some uh, drives the other day and came across some footage. And uh, I had an interview with David Banner some time ago. And actually, David talked about that in that interview. And he talks about the fact that he was homeless, living in his van. And that's when he became a millionaire because he was forced to at that right. point. Because it's like, hey, man, I don't have anything else to fall back. He, basically, he did it intently. He dropped out of school. I mean, just before getting his master's degree, dropped out of school and said, you know what? I'm going to go all in. So I'm going to, I can't wow. have anything else to fall back on. So I've got to go all in. So I want to play this clip. Uh, Cordell, if we can play the clip from David Banner uh, that talks about the rest is up to you. And then we'll come back in just a moment and uh, unpack that a little bit more. I started going from city to city and this young lady named Jasmine Kimball, she called me from Birmingham and said, we need somebody down. So what do you mean when you say you knew you had to burn all the bridges? Um, I read, I, I, I read a lot and there's this book, um, that talked about, there's this book called, um, Think and Grow Rich. Yes. And they said they were, they were, they were talking about this, 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 uh, this general who was going into war and they were on boats mm -hmm. and he saw that some of his, um, some of his followers was, were wanting to turn back. And it was 5,000 fighting against about 15,000. Uh -huh. And so he he told his uh, the, the soldiers right up under him to burn all the boats. Then he looked at everybody and said, if you guys are going to go home, you're going to go home through them. Right. So that's sort of what I did. If, um, if, I, if, if I was not successful through my dream, then nothing else would happen for me. And I believe that whatever you believe in, whether it's God or the universe or whatever you may believe in, I don't believe the most high will let you suffer if you've done all that you can possibly do. Man. But in most cases, when people complain about success, um, their success probably didn't come because they didn't give 100 percent. We pray and we beg and all of that kind of stuff. But I believe in my belief system, mm -hmm. system that all God should have to do is give you vision. Once right. you're born and you have sound mind and sound body, the rest is up to you. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. The rest is up to you. So he said a number of things in that clip. So uh, first of all, let's let's go with the plan, not having a backup plan. Coco, what are you? It's like you're itching to get out the gate. Yeah, because I'm. How can that's I'm kind of like over the I don't know what to say about that because how can you not have a backup plan? In 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 lieu of a backup plan is supposed to kick in only if the plan A don't kick in, right? right. So doesn't necessarily mean that you're working on both at the same time. But if you put in a certain amount of time for plan A and it don't kick, you know, it doesn't do what you want it to do. And then you come back and say, okay, you know what? I'm done with plan. Now I'm going to start working on plan B. I can see where you may feel like you waste some time, but I, I'm still like, I'm, I'm a plan B type girl. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people are. And I know. Yeah. And, and that's why we're talking about this today because a lot of people are. But what did, Hawk, you chime in first before we uh, just go right on <clears throat> you know what i said on on both spectrums mm -hmm. um i wouldn't necessarily say when you know what you want to do you just go ahead and put your all into plan a my advice would be to work your plan b until you're ready to jump on a at full speed so i understand the other perspective when you're heading towards plan a 
don't always use plan B as a crutch. Mm-hmm. But the reason you have a plan B is because you was working something before you started working your A. Yeah. So, so let me say it this way. If indeed you're just starting out, let's, let's just use entrepreneurship business. Okay. You're just starting out. There are definitely times where you have to maintain your day job until your entrepreneurship venture fulfills itself enough to where you now have the income to replace your day job. Absolutely. That's certainly you should do that. I'm saying be mindful in that way. But what I also am, what I'm saying is once you've established now, you don't rely on a plan B because there is just like you just said, mm-hmm. what you said you're going to do is you're going to focus on plan A and then you're going to jump right back on the plan B. I just don't in my personality. Mm-hmm. I just don't see how I can fully devote myself to plan A if I've got some comfort, some cushion to know that I've got plan B to fall on. But when I get up in the morning and I say, you know what, I've got to make this work. There is, no, there is nothing else to fall back on. Right. So I have to give my all right. to this. Absolutely. And there's some mornings if you've got something else to fall back on, I don't have to get up this morning. I, don't, I feel tired. Right. You get caught up in your feelings. You get caught up in your emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, somebody did me wrong. You know what? At this point, when you go all in, it doesn't matter what anybody says to you, does to you. You can take 20 no's in in an hour, but you still keep picking up that phone and keep calling. That's what I feel about it. Right. So I also so, you know, growing up and being young, I think that may have something to do with it as far as making a decision, because, you know, when you're young and you're going to school and, you know, all they feed into you is have a plan B, have a plan B. So if you're young and just say that you, you know, like Mr. Howe said, just say that you worked for the first 10 years of your life, but you was also going to school. Would your work be plan A and your school be plan B? And then once you graduate school, you would completely leave the, uh, you would completely leave the job that you probably hate to work on, to be doing your plan B, which you absolutely put in the 10 years on your plan A. To get to plan B. I would say if, in fact, that job is a job, again, you're not aspiring to get to by going to school. I mean, true story. Absolutely true story. Uh, Sunday, I had a gentleman who told me he was attempting to go to He was going to school, but because he now has gotten into the field that he wants to be in, mm-hmm. he's now no longer going to go to school. Because the reason he was going to school was to get into the position. Oh. Getting education, he thought it, getting the education would get him in the position. He's now gained enough experience. The experience has now gotten him in the position. So he's thinking, why am I going to go and incur student debt and student right. loans just to get the degree when I'm already in the position? Yeah, that's a, that's a good so one. So a lot of times it's not even that, I mean, in your case, I guess most times school could be your plan B. But if you're actually look, going to school to attain, obtain that job, then if you already got the job, then why can't you right. go to school? No, that's, I mean, I, look, yeah. I know a lot so, of people that, you know, get the position before they actually graduate. And like you said, they be done with it. Like they don't even go back to finish. So, I mean, Hey, I'm still a plan B girl. though, (laughs) And it's not to change your mind, but it is to have a dialogue to talk about again. And I would love to hear from the audience uh, because again, like you said, we've always been raised to have a plan B, have a black backup plan. Boy, you got to have a backup plan. And again, if you've got responsibility, you got families, things of that nature that you got to take care of. I mean, I'm not saying go out there and go reckless, but what I am saying is, and the studies have been even shown to prove that again, if you've got a backup plan, you don't really give your all to plan A because you're again trying to devote time and attention to plan B and in your mind, you've got that safety net. And so Mr. How do you think that um, this also goes with, so you know how you see some people in one month or one year, they doing this, the next year they doing that, the next year they doing, do you think that that may be a reason why people veer off into different things 
still looking for that plan A when technically if they would have just did the work with yeah. that plan A, they probably would have flourished instead of going into all these other, you know, they just entrepreneurs. Yeah. Like they do everything. Well, it was, it, that's, I mean, David talked about it in the clip. I mean, again, that's what he talked about. Sometimes, you know, we're praying for things, we're asking for things, but again, we're not really giving our all to the thing that we're asking for. We right. run into a hiccup. Oh, and it's, it must not be meant for me to have it because I yeah. got ran into a trouble. Yeah. It must not be meant for me to have it because nobody's returning my calls. It must not be meant for me to have it because nobody's paying my prices. So then we move to the next thing. No, that's not it at all. You have you really committed yourself to this 110%? Have you committed yourself to make sure that you give it your all before you give it up? Yeah. So that was good. Yeah. Good so point. again, I, mean, I never thought of it like that. Yeah. You know, I just think, you know, again, uh, we've been raised and we've been groomed, but I think you get to a certain point. If you're really going to have success, you really got to go all in. And I think most of the time we think we went all in when we really haven't gone all in. What's the hardest part of that? The hardest Having part of that, that mindset to where it's only plan A. What's what's the what's the hardest part? Well, the hardest part is again, you don't have that comfort zone. You don't have that comfort of knowing that, yeah, I do have a backup plan. You know, so like for today, if this whole thing shut down today, then my plan is to just again spend some time in prayer and figure out what the next move is. But I don't have that already mapped out to say, you know what, I'm going to now jump on that. No, it's not having that because that's what makes me go so hard in this is the fact that I don't have that. Right. It's yeah. almost and it's like not everybody. Doctor. Everybody can't do it. Though. There yeah. are some people who can juggle both. But I know yeah. in my personality, yeah. I would be giving attention to both. And right. I'm not going 110% right. in, in, in just the one that I need to be working. Right. Like you said, it's just who you are. You know, if you yeah. put whatever's on your plate, you're going to give it your all. Right. And you rather just, hey, I'd rather just fuck, which, you know, as we talk, it does actually make sense. I want to know, because we got some college kids in that's, that's tuned in. I want to know what you guys feel like. Are you... Do you have a plan B, a plan B, a plan A? Are you working on a plan A, a plan B? I can't tell them how to actually, but y'all can um, come in though. You can Absolutely, come in. come in right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, come in. You know, because I mean, I, again, I would love to hear the perspective because again, I know not everyone thinks that way, and because partly because we've been groomed to believe that you have to have a plan A and plan B, and uh, we don't want to venture into that. I don't want to get into your lane. We'll let you stick with the relationships, but even sometime in relationships, it's not just careers and entrepreneurship. Sometimes in, in relationships, we're always thinking about our exit strategy. We're always thinking about Ooh. if this doesn't work, then, you know, I've got to have a plan B. Nah, give your all to the relationship and then make, the relationship has a better chance of being successful. And but if you can't the title. Yeah. <laughs> and you have a better chance of getting the title, right? <laughs> I'm not venturing into that. Uh-oh. You know what? I, want, I do want to play one other video real quick here from David Banner. And we talked about, he's talked about the fact that, um, in some ways, he kind of stumbled into this uh, lecture series, and I want to unpack that just a little bit when we come back. So, Cordell, if you'll play that second video. I started going from city to city, and this young lady named Jasmine Kimball, she called me from Birmingham and said, we need somebody down here to come talk to these men. I need you to come talk to these men. And I said, listen, sister, um, after Katrina, because um, a lot happened to me with my philanthropy with uh, Katrina and... Um, I was doing more philanthropy than I was making money. And um, I ended up nearly broke and all the good stuff that I did, black folks really didn't rally around me. Mm-hmm. But that's when God showed me that you do what's right because it's the right thing, not yeah. because you think that you're going to get back. Yes. But what, what ended up being given to me is I became more than a rapper to people. Like, even though I, I was hurting financially, people especially black people got a kinsmanship with me mm-hmm. 
And they started seeing me as more than a rapper. So when I told her that, I was like, we got to make us some money. I'm not going to die broke like Malcolm and, and Martin. Right. You know? And so she said, well, let's set up a lecture series like they used to do back in the day. She said, because if you notice, think about the places where the movements really started. You know, Birmingham, Jackson, Mississippi, Little Rock, Arkansas. We don't even go back to those places. Hmm. And we say people don't want consciousness or good things, but we don't offer it to them. Right. We assume. Particularly in those areas. I see that that's a lot. And I'm going to those places first. Mm-hmm. You know, when something breaks with David Banner, I'm running back to our people. And then they're going to have to wait in line. So like the bigger cities, I'm making them wait. We're going to go to our people first and we're going to let it expand. And I'm going to tell you, whenever you come see me speak, it's going to be 500 to, to 1,000 people. And it's growing every day. It's, it's rap, it looks like a rap concert, and I ain't doing nothing but lecture. I like that particular clip because he said a number of things, even in that one. And I like the part where he talked about folk, he allowed folks to be able to see him for more than just a rapper. And I think when we talk about not having a plan A, not having a plan B, again, many times you don't necessarily even have to have the plan. When you when it's time for you to transition, you, you'll feel it and you'll know it. And so I guess for him, it came to a time to where he said, you know what, I want to do something different. And as he began to do something different, again, maybe people didn't appreciate it again early on, uh, didn't receive it the way he thought they should have received it. But as he continued to commit himself to it and continue to do it, then the eyes of people began to open up. And I think that's the same thing with us. Many times it may feel like, man, because you're not getting the response or things are not going the way you think they should, you may be tempted to give up on it, but you got to hang in there. I, I, we just talked about that. I told him, I said, when my birthday this past, and I said, I don't know if like a light bulb went off or something, but it was just so much of just what, what David said. Like, you want to be seen, known, respected more than just what people know you as. Yeah. Or, you know, people don't really know what work you put into your craft behind the scenes. They don't know what we have to go through to, I mean, to get to even do a production. Right. So, um, yeah, I agree. I agree. That I like you the way have. you put it earlier, though. You said it was a, a spiritual growth spurt. Spiritual. I said I did a spiritual growth spurt. Instead of physically, I spiritually like did a growth spurt to where everything counts now. Wow. Everything yeah. counts. And I'm like you, but it took, I am on a plan A, plan B, but I'm I'm more of like, right now, time is just so precious. We're just, and that's a whole nother subject, but right now I want to be able to bring value to myself, to anybody that I'm uh, associated with, affiliated with. So, again, it's about growth, and I want people to respect me. At the end of the day, you know, you can see all the stuff, the the blogs and all this stuff, but at the end of the day, I want a certain respect from people. Yeah. And in order to get that, you have to move a certain way. You got to, you know, change, purge some things, do some stuff that you normally hadn't done or whatever. So, I'm with David. Yeah. Shout out to David. Absolutely, yeah. That was a that was an excellent interview. And by the way, that interview is on YouTube. You can go and check it out. Uh, uh, Chris Howell uh, Senior Two on YouTube. Go and check it out. It's a two part interview. It was actually an hour long interview, so we broke it up into two parts. So make sure you watch both parts. All right, guys, that was my segment. Uh, let's go to a uh, break, and we'll be back, and we'll go into Coco's Corner.
We are one nation, one people. When called upon to give from within, we come together and find that our capacity to help others is limitless. Here, we are fearless. What lies inside all of us is more than data. It's life. It's more than insight and medical research. It's vision and honor and compassion. What's flowing through America's veins is its diversity. The next great breakthrough will be found in each and every one of us. And what we find there will unlock mysteries, heal the sick, and eradicate disease. We ask for one million individuals to come forward and stand on this landmark in history. We ask America to do, once again, what she has always done. Lead the way forward. We're one nation, one people, but all of us are different. And it's those very differences that will lead to answers for generations to come. What's up? What's up? Y'all are back and you're tuned in right now to Coco's Corner. So I'm going to start off with um, Delonte West. We're going to send prayers up to the former NBA Dallas Mavericks player, Mr. Delonte West. If you guys don't know, he relapsed and was arrested um, this week in Florida. Um, he was taken into custody on Tuesday night after officers found him drunk, banging on the lobby door at a police station while he was carrying op two open um, containers of alcohol. I'm going to give y'all the backstory. So the backstory is that last year, Mark Cuban found Delonte West, and it was a panhandling um, video, um, video and photo that went viral. So Mark Cuban went and found him. He took him to a um, rehab. He covered the tab, and he just allowed Delonte to kind of just, you know, just do some healing. Well, that didn't happen. So they say that uh, Mr. West was eventually was hit with three charges, um, including obstruction, resisting without um, violence, open container, and disorderly intoxication. There is also a history of Mr. West battling alcohol and substance abuse, which kind of derailed his um, basketball career. And he's also been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. So, um, I wanted to ask you guys, um, when is enough is enough? When when do you stop helping someone that has an addiction? Do you even step in? Because you we know that when you are dealing with addiction that the challenges that you're faced is both the person that's helping and the person that's actually dealing with the disease. So I want to know, as a friend, when is enough is enough? Can I say Good, something? Yeah. Can I say something? I <clears throat> I had a, I was talking to a friend uh, a couple of years ago, and we were talking about that show Intervention, mm -hmm. and how everybody' intention is in the right place because you're trying to bring someone who has an addiction to a place where they can be confronted, and then the objective is to get them into some type of rehab facility so the rehab facility can rehab them and put them back on their feet. Mm -hmm. And so when I was having this conversation with a friend. 
she said to me, and I never thought about this, sometimes that can have an adverse effect because when you try to make someone do something that they don't want to do, they can go into that rehab and when it doesn't work, they can blame you for the failure. So um, my question is, I understand Mark Cuban found him, but was he at a place where he was ready because you have to be ready in order to be delivered from something. Well, here's the controversy behind it. He was banging on the police lobby door. So a lot of people are saying that was his way of trying to find help. Like, that was his way of saying, hey, I need somebody to get me. I need to be in, I don't know if he was wanting to be in jail, if he was just wanting a safe place to go or whatever. But do you think at some point, like, was he, was he just out of it? Or was that something subconsciously, he was just, you know, really trying to say, help, I need some help. Well, it, it could very well could be. But I want to go back more to the question that you asked, uh, I guess, aside from his individual case, because we don't know. Uh, certainly, like you said, uh, prayers out to him and his family and, uh, you know, certainly uh, wish him the best as he continues to uh, battle it. But I guess when you ask the question, when is enough is enough? I, and I don't know that that's a question that can be answered for anyone. I think it comes to an individual when you feel like enough is enough. Uh, because every situation, every circumstance is different. Uh, you know, if you've got a family member or something, I have a family member who's battling addiction and, uh, I, I haven't gotten to that point. It's been years, uh, that we've been really trying to work through this and I have not said no enough is enough. I mean, I certainly, uh, what do you say feed from a long handle spoon at right. times in terms of whether you give cash, right. things of that nature, or whether you go make the purchase yourself and give them things as opposed to just giving them cash. So there's certain ways which you, you may change the way you deal with them, but mm -hmm. no, you don't throw up your hands and walk away. Uh, but I do agree with what you said. Yeah, they do have to come to terms with the fact that they have an addiction and then they, when they want to get treatment for that. But I think you still, uh, have an obligation to a degree to try to make sure that they, uh, remain safe, I guess, uh, where possible. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I but, guess, uh, but I don't know yeah. that I can say that for anyone else when enough is enough for them. It's, you know, when they get to that point where they're tired. Yeah, well, that's true. Let's, let's keep, uh, Mr. Delonte West in our prayers. Yeah. So and next in our, um, <clears throat> Chris Howell news in our principle for success, <laughs> <laughs> this is going to kind of go somewhere, but it does have, it, it is going to be, I do have something at the end to say, but I just wanted to, uh, highlight that there was a, uh, Atlanta attorney that was shot by a man that she was dating. Um, authorities say that a woman was killed by a man she was dating at an apartment complex where they first met. The reports state that the victim, attorney Courtney Cox, was shot in her high-rise Atlanta apartment. The suspect name is Jarvis Jarrett, in which he's believed to kill her like that Wednesday morning. Um, he did die within a fire crowd. I mean, a, um, him Shoot and the up. police was shooting uh, with each other, and he actually died from exchanging gunfire with the officer. Oh. Um, so they say they say that Courtney loved one, say that she was in this relationship with him since this past summer. Um, it appears that it wasn't a forced entry or anything like that, so they're not really saying if they got into it or whatever. Um, the There is an actual 911 call that has been released. Um, you can hear the gunshots while you hear witnesses talking to the dispatch um no one else was hurt but um stray bullets did hit a unit across the street with october being uh, national domestic violence awareness month 
We just want to encourage anybody or anyone, both male and female, do not ignore the red flags. It's not always easy to tell at the beginning of a relationship if your partner or someone is going to be abusive. The facts, um, the statistics actually say that um, most abusers seem perfect at first. And then if you start to feel like that it is some like control, jealousy, from both family and friends that um, those are kind of like some red flags to look out for. So if you need any help or know someone that needs help, find out more information and contact the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 or you can visit ncadv.org. But like the recording say, if you need immediate help, please call 911. Absolutely. Give that number one more time, Coco. So slowly. Okay, the the, National Domestic Violence Hotline is 1-800-799-7233. There you go. All right. What else you have? And now let's get down to this juicy 61-year-old story. So, Oh, that's the one we teased, huh? Yes. So there is a Florida man who's under fire for marrying his 18-year-old goddaughter. They're saying that he's a, a predator, and not only did he marry the goddaughter, but he actually dated the mother as well. They're saying that um, there is a photo out with him holding her when she was a toddler, basically saying that, you know, he's he's a predator. So, so she, is this who we're seeing on the screen right now? Yes, that's it. That is the, fo- the whole family right there. And if you guys can't see the screen, you can go to Facebook or you can go to YouTube and yeah. look up the um, show and go back and see exactly where we're talking about. Oh, you can see it now. Okay. So, so 61 year old and 18 year old. Yes. So he, they said that she went around and telling her families and stuff like, oh, I'm dating somebody. This was when she was 17. So when she got eight, when she became eighteen, she just went out, got married, didn't worry about it. She's on social media like, "Oh y'all jealous? I'm married now. I wanted a man that was stable. I wanted a man that knew what he wanted. I didn't want a young guy. This is what I wanted." So, with that being said, there are some people saying, "Hey, she's eighteen. Let her do what she want to do." And then there are some people that are saying, "He's he's nasty. He's a predator. He groomed her, and now he's you know they're married." So what I want to know from you guys is what is the double standard when it comes to, or why is it a double standard when it comes to younger women dating older men versus older men dating younger women? I could appreciate the double standard <laughs> part, but this is 61 versus 18 year old. I don't even, I don't think we even get into the double standard part. Do we, there's some other things I need to unpack first. Okay, okay. Just for me mentally. And so I guess it's legal in Florida based on what you said. Yes, She's sir. 18. He's 61. I'm guessing he's the godfather. So I'm guessing the mom is okay with the marrying. Um, no, do we the, know? No, the mother knows. I have a video. I didn't want to put it up, but she's cussing and fussing and everything. She's said that they just slept together in like 2017, and you know they was into they was together. I mean, because I mean, standing that that photo that you showed, I mean, that's a that's an actual uh, wedding, wedding ceremony. Yeah. So I mean, somebody was in the audience that didn't object. Yeah, but the mother said she didn't go. So she was not there. Yeah, the mother okay. said I didn't go and I wasn't going to be a part of that. So. But she just slept with him. 2017. In 2017. This yeah. is 2021. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so four years over four years ago, the mom was with him and now the daughter's with him at 18 years old. Um, you know, 
of <laughs> yeah, you you always have the most interesting yeah. stories. So how do we get a principle for success out of this? Um... Date at your own age. There's there's two there's two different things. <clears throat> one is the age difference. The other one is the fact that he was considered the god father mm-hmm. and she was the god daughter. So my question is, when did y'all started having feelings for each other? Well, like I said, she's they're dating at 17. Yeah. Apparently apparently at 17, she was secretly keeping the relationship away from her family. They didn't even know until she popped out married and they like, what? Oh, so she was married already. She didn't announce the wedding prior to getting married. Uh, She came when she came back and announced they were already married. Yes. So the family didn't have any Uh, They probably didn't even join or whatever. That probably was a picture of just her and her family. Because who's going to, who's going to join? Who's gonna watch you do yourself like that? That's weird. Like I don't. Even if he's sixty-one, she's forty-one. Just the fact that you were her godfather mm-hmm. and that was your goddaughter to me—that's that's the weird. Part that's really right. nasty. Yeah. yeah, and and yeah, and you you gave a good example, even if it was just a twenty-year difference. But now we're talking about a way beyond a twenty-year difference at sixty-one and eighteen. Uh, yeah, that takes it to a whole nother level. She was just a baby. Uh, you know, mom is upset. I sure would like to know what dad thinks. Uh, you know, if dad obviously that. Oh, so there's no word this, from here's dad. Here's another thing that no, no, nothing from dad. But here's another thing that she said. She's been on her own since she was sixteen. So in her mind, to be honest, she have like four kids. I'm gonna be honest. It's hard being a mother, a single mother. And not to say that what she's doing is right, but I feel like that at some point she just wants some help, like. Mm. She, Cause it doesn't even make any sense. So she got all these kids. She don't have any of his kids. She got all these kids. Bam! I got a sixty-one-year-old man that done fed me all this. I don't have to do this. I got some help. I got a baby daddy. I got whatever. Now so she got the Godfather. Yeah, and gross, but yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and 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 so in final news, let's let's pass that. In final news, let's talk about Alec Baldwin who discharged the, a prop gun that actually killed a crew member. So I thought that this in, this story was interesting because um, accidental discharges of, fire, of guns firing have been blamed for deaths in the past in the movie productions. So there were two. Actor John Eric Hexum was killed October the 18th, 1984, on the set of the TV series Cover Up when he accidentally shot himself in the head with a gun loaded with blanks. And then in 1993, Mr. Brandon Lee, the son of martial arts legend Bruce Lee, died after he was shot. Both incidents were determined to be um, accidents. So I want to know what protocols are being put into place when these people are um, shooting blanks and, you know, have ammunition when they're not supposed to. And the funny thing is they said that they had reports that people walked off the crew, uh, people walked off set because they said that they were not getting paid enough, that they were not, the housing and stuff were was not together. And then all of a sudden, after they walked off, the girl gets shot. So, you know, I'm a mystery person. You're I'm like, yeah I'm, yeah, I'm a conspiracy. We, we can't allege that. <laughs> yeah, we can't allege, but I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean. What, I mean, what are the protocols? Certainly, hopefully, there'll be an investigation. If that is the case, then, yeah, someone certainly should be held accountable. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I think you 
find in most cases, I mean, there are protocols in place. There should be somebody to double check. There should be, I guess, the production assistant or whoever handed that gun should have double checked to make sure that it was, first of all, the right weapon. And then second of all, make sure the right uh, blanks or whatever they use were actually in that weapon. Uh, but I do know, like you mentioned, the Brandon Lee case, I was hearing on the news the other day when they were talking about that one. In this instance, it was a situation where they had run out of blanks and they mm. actually had put ammunition into it. So when you do the close-up shot of the gun, you can actually see that there were uh, quote-unquote bullets in the gun. So uh, again, whether that's similar to this situation or not, I don't know. It's too early, I guess, in the investigation to know. But, oh, would uh, we both know that Alec Baldwin probably is not going to be held accountable? Do you think at some point whomever gave him the gun would be held accountable? I don't know. But at some point, something's got to happen because, again, like you said, in the other two cases, no one has been held accountable or arrested. It's getting just listed as an accident, and then everybody continues on. I right. mean, with the exception of the families who were victimized and the man or, or person who pulled that trigger who now has to deal right. with the fact that that accident happened at their hand and on their watch. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, a pretty, uh, that's a pretty tough blow. And Alec is certainly a veteran actor and real experience. But again, if someone handed it to him and told him it was a cold gun, uh, you know, he right. expected it to be so because right. you're trusting those who you work with. Right. But it's not like there's a number of things that they had going on on that set that uh, as, the, as the news continues to come out, that there were a number of people already concerned about some stuff going on on the set. But uh, so you're uh, you're alleging uh, <laughs> that yes. it could be tied. Maybe will prove yes, to be I true. I am alleging I'm not. Don't sue me. I am alleging that something <laughs> happened, but I'm not saying that anything happened. It's just just me saying. Yeah, it's, it's just it's you weird. watching CSI, yeah. you know, whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. CSI conspiracy theorist. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so. That takes us into uh, Hawks Hangout as we uh, round about here in just a moment. And again, thank you so much for watching. If you uh, came in at any point, uh, be sure to make sure to go back and watch the full episode on YouTube. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook and if you're already on YouTube, then thanks again for watching. And if you're listening to this on the Principles for Success podcast, download on Apple, Spotify, and all the other places where you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. Hawk, as we get into uh, Hawks Hangout, um, you brought up some very interesting stuff last time. Let's talk about it. Uh, I think we have a clip. Do we? We had a clip. Oh, oh, we have a clip. Uh, the clip from the titles. Uh, is it the titles and toast. Titles and toast. All right, let's, take, let's do the let's clip first. Last week. Do you think that when we put titles on relationships, that it changes the dynamic of that that relationship as far as expectations? Because it's like everything was good until now. I'm com I'm supposedly committed, and that doesn't even have to be through marriage. It, ha it that can be through just we decided it's just the two of us. Right. But man, okay, so man, now, you know, every day now, shoot, this toast right here uh, is dry toast now. Now, you know, tomorrow I think I want some butter toast, then I want some jelly toast, then I want a little honey toast, and then a little jalapeno honey toast. Because mm. now this toast is dry toast when this toast was all that toast before we decided this is all the toast I'm going to eat. Mm. So you think the commitment. So I think it's the commitment thing. Because now that I'm committed to this toast, it don't, it, it don't taste like. As funny, you know, yeah. mm. you know. I'm sorry. Just, it's a house. You're gonna have to make some laugh. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you just did a great job of explaining yeah. all the different forms you know, of toast. You know, and I'm just like, see okay. what I'm saying? I, I, I see exactly what you like. Said. I was enjoying it until I knew there was such a thing as jelly toast. Mm. Yeah. And is it is it is it grape jam or? There you go. Now it's, but, oh, it's more than one kind of jelly toast out there. 
said jalapeno, though. There you that's go. Threw me off. The jalapeno, honey. So you know what I mean? Jalapeno so on top of the grape. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying is that it's just a matter of the essence of the man or the essence of the woman and how we deal with those demons when they come knocking at our door. Mm. Because we do have what? Free will. Mm. Yes. All right, so that was Titles and Toasts, a little clip from last week of a discussion that started out by just discussing the pressures of titles. When, when you give someone a title, does it come with pressure? So that's what the, the conversation was about last week. But before I go any further, I want to say something. Uh, you, you mentioned something earlier today, like you wanted to be a person that adds value to the, to the room. Mm -hmm. And I think you, you very well do that. I just oh, want to let you know that. Oh, thank you Absolutely. so very much. I appreciate that. And uh, you're welcome. How? Uh, <laughs> All right. How? We've been friends for a long time. Absolutely. Long time. Um, to the point to where, uh, man, a couple of years ago, you, you stood up at my mother's funeral uh, unexpectedly. I saw you walk down the aisle and you, you gave a speech about uh, her son and how she should be proud and uh, represented yourself as my friend. Mm -hmm. And uh, I appreciated that. Um, when 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 I say that you're my friend, it doesn't feel uncomfortable. When you say that you're my friend, it doesn't feel uncomfortable because we've developed that friendship. When we met in the beginning, if you had gotten up and gave given that speech about our friendship, it would have felt out of place. Not to say that we weren't friends at that time, but we allowed our friendship to develop into the title of friendship. Mm -hmm. In other words, we didn't let a list of of a, a title or a list of demands on what a friendship should look like and let the title guide us. But we've got it, the title of friendship. And a lot of that came by you just letting me be me. I just let you be you. And it just has, it has a unique dynamic to it. Mm. And so that goes back to my point of titles, uh, not just in relationships, but in friendships, when you come to the table on what a friendship should look like, and then you put this list up to a person, sometimes it's unfair because it's like that list you're working off of a law instead of allowing that person to have grace. Mm. Yeah. Okay. It makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Makes mm -hmm. sense. And so, um, when also I say titles, uh, let's go back into relationships. Sometimes we talk about building a relationship, uh, almost, uh, equate that to building a house and sometimes you can't live well not sometimes you can't live in a house and try to build it at the same time mm -hmm. yeah and you can't build from the inside out either mm. and i i believe there there's a significance in uh titles because i wouldn't uh stand up in front of people and they ask me who you were and i'd be like yeah we, we just cool mm -hmm. so i understand the significance of titles but sometimes we have to develop into that title instead of letting the title define because a lot I'm a, I'll be honest with you um when I meet someone I don't want to give I don't first of all I don't have this preconceived idea of like okay this is what I want and you have to measure up to this because if someone really likes you they're going to automatically try to conform to what you like and you'll never get to know the real person mm -hmm. if I if I come to the table and say well um this is my definition of a relationship and you have something different, but we're just, we're in a relationship. It's like we missed the whole conversation. Mm -hmm. So 
me, my, I'm not saying it works for everybody, but in my relationships, I would like the, the relationship to develop and define what the title is. Yeah. How y'all feel about that? Well, again, I'm, a, I'm just going to say title to a man and title to a woman is two different meanings. A woman is asking for a title because she wants to be, she wants to know where she stands where am I? She wants to know, are you are you giving another woman this love? Are you talking to another? Because if I have the title, you're you're not supposed to do that with anybody else. When a man saying a title or I don't want a title, like you just said, I just if I treat you right, if I treat you right, then why what does it matter? And then a woman on her on a, in, a, in our head is saying, "Oh, so you gonna treat me like your girlfriend, but you won't tell you won't give me the title of being your girlfriend." Mm. So it really does make a significance between just because how you're thinking about it is not a bad way, but you have to get with somebody that is like minded, that respects what you say, like truly respect you as a friend, respect your mind, respect your space, and they can deal with you on that level where, hey, you make, make uh, you and honestly, fellas, when you make us feel a certain type of way, hey, it just, it that's just word, how, that's how it happens. That's how it go. So unless you get a clear understanding with her, listen, I'm a treat, I'm going to buy you flowers, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that with you, but we're not, together i just know how to treat you and because i know how to treat you does not mean that i have to have a title with you now if what you used to being treated to that's not your problem or what they used to being treated to or how somebody you know treats them that's not your problem i i'm who i am and if you want to deal with me like this this is what we're gonna do okay. i mean you know so but is it a title that a woman wants or is it the commitment that should that should come with a title the title is the commitment. Well, you see what I'm the commitment is the commitment. And the title just comes with the commitment. But that's what I'm saying. As a woman. I have to commit to you being my woman before I can make call you my woman. But that's, that's what I'm telling you. In a woman's mind, if I am saying that I am a title in your life, that is the commitment. We don't have to sit down and say we committed. If you tell me I'm your girlfriend, I'm committed. You might not be. I'm committed. That's my title to you. I'm loyal to that title. But if we have no titles, then there's no commitment. There's no nothing. But in a woman's head, no. When you give me a title, you get the commitment. If you don't give me a title, there are some women, you know, some women be like, oh, no, we're not going to do this. We're not going to. They put limits on what they will do for you, with you, how you, whatever. So at the end of the day, be very careful about giving somebody a title okay. or a commitment. It's so, a very good point because I yeah. guess you're right. I mean, you do hear women say, well, uh, I'm not your wife, <laughs> but, but you're doing all those things that a wife would do uh, with the exception of whatever that request is. But um, Except for the ring and the title. <laughs> but you said you said something in the beginning, though. You said, you said do we have time? Yeah, you know I mean? we've got uh, two minutes. Two minutes. Okay, you said something in the beginning. When you have when the woman has the title, that means that he is not allowed to talk to anybody else. And that was a similar comment uh, that I had on my Facebook page. And uh, it was talking about titles and, and things of that nature. And she said something similar. She said, um, 
when when there's no title and then a person feel like they betrayed, it's almost like a safety for them to say, well, we weren't together. And my whole thing is, why would you, if you already see that characteristic or you even think it's there, why even entertain it? That you think that somebody would do you that way? Because women think we can change we think we can change all. We think we could change our mind. We think we the baddest of the baddest. Every woman can vouch to say when she get with a man and he tell her what he don't want, but you still doing what you're saying you don't want. So in her mind, she got hope. I'm going to change him. Mm. He not going to do this right now, but he eventually is going to do it. And there are some women that are very aggressive with being your woman or you know, having a title and can get physical and everything because women, we, we don't think like y'all. We just don't. And, and I'm glad y'all don't. I'm glad you don't too. <laughs> but because Steve Harvey, uh, he did. I might need to get that book. Well, Think like a man. I, 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 I guess in my case, I don't want my wife thinking like me. Yeah. Yeah. We both think alike that one of us is unnecessary. So, um, yeah, I don't really want her thinking like me. I, I appreciate the fact that she thinks differently. Uh, that helps us to compliment each other and to sharpen each other. But, uh, yeah, I guess as it relates to that title thing, then maybe you, you, you have to come to some type of compromise or get on the page together at some point. But, yeah, I don't want my wife thinking yeah, like at me. At some mm. point. <laughs> that would but, be a scary you, thing. Right. <laughs> You definitely want to have that conversation and you definitely want to know what you're dealing with. Like, don't blame her if you know that she's not getting the points. Like, if she's not getting it, you're going to have to do something different because she's not going to get it. All right. So we have to leave. A, yeah. We have to leave this conversation with a principle for success. So is that your uh, principle to to to, to in, in terms of that title piece, but we can still have our mm -hmm. principle, our general closing for principle for success. But is that your uh, advice as it relates to title for men? Do the work. Do the work. That's okay. my. That's my. Do the work. What you got on that uh, closing out your segment there on the titles? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I would say this just in closing. I know you said that men and women think differently, um, but a title does not necessarily uh, mean commitment because we see that every day. It's a lot of people that are supposed to be uh, committed because of a title, but a title does not make you committed. And the dopest thing that I heard on the last show a couple of weeks ago, uh, I think it was Latanya who mentioned it. She said it boils down to the measure of who that person is and if they care about you. And when you care about someone, all of that other stuff, I just think that falls in line. I know. Mm. I, I have to. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and you, you, you've been a point in that now as we move on. You talked about the fact that, again, once you make that commitment, then you are responsible for that person's Absolutely. feelings. Absolutely. And I think that sometimes we have, we lose makes, sight of that sometimes. That's what makes the difference. That honestly is what makes the difference. When you can honestly say, guess what? I'm not going to do this because if I do this, this is going to hurt Sean. If I do this, let me think about this. Oh, I if care I do about this, you. But when yeah. you care, you move a certain way. You're not going to hurt. I don't care. You're not going to hurt, and you're going to protect right. what yeah. you have. Right. So you're going to think about things. You're going to be conscious about the stuff that you do, and you're going to be like, that's a responsibility. Yeah. So you I've got to be responsible for the other person's yes. feelings. So, right. wow. 
Good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. All right, uh, as we get ready to round it out, uh, as we always do, we want to leave you with a principle for success. I know we've talked about a number of things, and you may have just come in at some point throughout the show, but I want to encourage you to download it. Anywhere you get your podcast, you can download Principles for Success uh, in Spotify, Apple Music, Google Music Store, all the rest of them, you can download it there. Also, if you're on Facebook, you can check out the complete uh, podcast on YouTube. Again, uh, it's uh, YouTube forward slash Chris Howell Senior 2. Go and check it out. As we get ready to close out, Hawk, let's go to with you first. A principle for success that we want to leave the audience with? Oh, man. Okay, so <clears throat> real quick. This past weekend, I, we were on a conference call, and I told you all about this, where I had to uh, relocate uh, this past weekend and move into a hotel with my kids. Mm-hmm. And so uh, me, I didn't want to do it. Uh, it was necessary, but I didn't want to do it because as a dad, I had already bought groceries, already had the weekend plan. And for us to relocate, I was kind of grumpy. Yeah. And so while I'm packing everything up and trying to get my kids out, uh, Liv is going back and forth from her room, getting like half of her toys out. I asked Liv, Liv, do you want me to like break down your bunk bed too? She looked at me like, okay, whatever. She went and grabbed her couch. She went and grabbed a chair. She went and grabbed her uh, one of her kitchens, and uh, <laughs> and I packed it all. Yeah, I packed it all. And I told Liv we had a conversation on Sunday, and I said, Liv, you taught me something. And she looked at me. She said, What I teach you? I said, Liv, you taught me that home is where you make it. Yeah, mm, yeah, that's deep. Yeah. Home is where you make it. Yeah. And she wanted all of her things so she can feel like she it's was at home. Yeah. And man, she taught me a very valuable point, man. It wasn't so much about having to readjust because life is going to make you readjust. Yeah. Yeah. But if you just remember home is where love is and love is where home is. Yeah. I think that's going to be a foundation that no matter how much success you find in your, in your life, if you have that, you're grounded. Wow, man. Wow, that was deep. I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask you to repeat it because that could be a bumper sticker. When you said that, I saw that as a bumper sticker. That, uh, no, that could be no a job. T-shirt. Which part? What? Because <laughs> I like the way you think. Go, go. Go, go. She's so dope. Principle for success. So um, I kind of gave mine away just a few minutes ago, but it just come all the back around to do the work. Do your research. Do everything that comes, get all your T's, crossed, your I's, dotted, make sure everything is in order. Um, I was just telling Hawk earlier today, like, if you know that you put in some work for 10 years for something and you've been putting in the work, what else can come out of it? Nothing else can come out of it, but whatever you put off in it, whatever flourishes that you actually, you know, um, did or whatever you did to kind of build yourself. Like if you do the work, then at the end of the day, it's coming. It, it That's the way the universe, that's the way it works. And I had to learn that. Do the work, no, no half-stepping, no skipping from point A to point D because you're going to end up right back at point A and you're going to have to still go through the same stuff. Do the work. And once you do the work, everything else will come. I like it. I like Ooh, it. I like that. I like it a lot. And actually, it uh, kind of falls in line with mine. But just before I give mine, I want to talk. I should have mentioned this earlier when we played that All of Us uh, video. Uh, but this coming Saturday, I'm going to be doing a virtual event uh, on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Zoom. 
Uh, we're going to be doing a virtual event. It's the uh, com- community conversation about health and research. Uh, that one actually that you're seeing on the screen now is actually not happening until November 9th. That is an in the huddle event, but we have a uh, virtual event that's going to be coming up this coming Saturday, October 30th. Uh, that's the one we're going to be doing at 10 a.m. But do tune in for the in the huddle event as well. But the uh, community conversation about health and research is a very important conversation. Going to be talking with some experts about the historic effort to collect and study data from over 1 million Americans. Uh, this is an initiative that was put forward by President Obama. Uh, when he was in office. And again, basically boils down to if you've ever been to the doctor and got a prescription and maybe that prescription didn't uh, fit you as well, it's because many times we don't participate in the research that's being done to develop those medications. So we are asking, uh, again, maybe you tune in on Saturday morning anywhere on the uh, World Wide Web, Saturday morning. It's a virtual event at uh, 10 a.m. right here on this YouTube channel or Facebook channel. And then you also have a uh, Zoom link that we'll put on our website as well that you can check it out. Now, as we get ready to close with my principle for success, um, we open it up with it, really. And it is give your all to plan A. Uh, Give your all to plan A. Don't really uh, where you cannot have a plan B. It's best not to because I believe that, again, plan B limits your uh, focusing 110 percent on your plan A. So, um I've seen that it worked uh, certainly pretty well in my business. Uh, if you focus and give your 110% to your plan A, because uh, you don't have that cushion or that safety net to fall back on uh, when you're looking for a plan B. Many times we're giving too much attention to plan B that we're not really giving our all to plan A. So as you continue to go throughout, uh, whether it's entrepreneurship, relationships, uh, or just throughout your personal life, uh, that would be my recommendation in terms of principle for success. So thank you for tuning in. Really uh, hope that you've enjoyed tonight's show. Would love to have your feedback and certainly feel free to go to, again, uh, chrisowlonline.com. Shoot us an email. Maybe you've got a show topic. Maybe you'd like to be a guest. We'd love to have you on. Uh, Drop us an email. Uh, Go to all social media channels. Follow us there. Coco has some great things going on at cheapboozeandtea.com. Yep. And also Cheap Booze and Tea on Instagram. You're giving yes, all the latest news. Yes, all the latest news. All, everything I spoke, spoke about, you can find it, read more on Cheap Booze and Tea on Instagram. And Hawk is always doing his uh, future wife uh, shout outs and getting hundreds and thousands of women uh, <laughs> excited about what he's doing with the what show. Do you, it's a wrap. What do you call it? What do you do that? Dear Future oh, Wife? Or hashtag, something? yeah. OH, Has- Dear Future Wife. Yeah. OH, do OH. Hashtag oh. OH, dear future wife. Yeah, yeah, OH is dear future wife. Yeah, yeah. you want to make sure your future yeah. wife. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, so make sure you follow them as and well. Chris, don't forget to let them know. Don't, don't, y'all don't drop out because we got some good, some good guests coming, right? Oh, absolutely. We've got a number of people lined up. I mean, so certainly subscribe so you can get it. I mean, Coco has been just, I mean, emailing everybody. Some Matthew Doles. Um, yes. Who are some of the people? I mean, I, I can't Matthew, Pilar. I mean, anybody you can think of. Because, see, I dream big. I think big. Absolutely. So I push them. I mean, from, oh, and matter of fact, Vonda Bailey. If y'all don't know about Vonda Bailey, we are definitely going to have her on. She is from Dallas. She is amazing. Um, Judge, uh, I'm not going to say that because I can't remember her name. But all the superstars from Brooklyn, Valentine. I didn't reach out to Keisha Cole. Like, everybody so we're trying to no bring, limit to who you're reaching out yes to. there's yeah. no limit so, there's no limit so we're good we're looking to get them and uh certainly have them to come and share their principles for success so uh thank you again for tuning in we're going to go out tonight and uh corridor is going to play the outro we're going to go uh coco brought in some nachos and all that good stuff so we're going to go and see if she can actually cook we'll let you guys know next time <laughs> thank you for tuning in To learn more about Principles for Success and Chris Howell Communications, visit chrishowellonline.com. 
Once there, access our media archive and find out about the other ways that Chris Howell Communications can inspire, impact, and inform.